Hi, I'm Melissa and welcome to the Mummy Warriors podcast where we can normalize the conversation of motherhood and delve into issues that are quite often swept under the rug. Join me every single Tuesday for a brand new episode with a brand new topic. This is a mummy's club you want to be a part of. Hi and welcome back to the Mummy Warriors podcast. I'm your host Melissa and today I'm joined by Donna who is a life mastery coach who helps women rise above their painful past and live the life that they've always dreamed of. Donna, welcome to the Mummy Warriors podcast. Thank you. It's my pleasure to be here. Thank you. Tell our listeners a little bit about yourself. I am the founder and CEO of Vibrant Living International. I'm a life mastery coach. Could you tell us a little bit about what it is to be a life mastery coach? Um, my, I help women like master life is one way to put it, but my focus is helping women rise above the pain and disappointments of life so they can live the life they've always dreamed with confidence and ease. And what was your in? inspiration to wanting to become a life mastery coach for women is is it is in is it something that you can resonate with yourself like what was that journey like to begin with well that's a loaded question (laughs) (laughs) um uh yes my own personal um life of overcoming the pain of my life had led me there as well as it was um always something that I was drawn to was to sit and mentor, encourage, help women through painful moments in their life. And on my own journey of still overcoming, I was doing all of that. And then about 10 years ago, I went um, back to school and got my coaching certifications and started Vibrant Living International from that place of learning how to do what I was naturally gifted at even better so that um, I think women are just amazing and most of us do not know it. (laughs) I agree with you. One thing that definitely I agree with, you said it was something that you had naturally, but you went to school to enhance it. I love the fact that you focus on that because I think sometimes there's so much emphasis on how qualified someone is rather than are they actually good? Do they have have a passion for helping people? Do they have a passion to inspire people? And that is actually something that's natural that comes from deep within, you know? Obviously you just get the education to back it up and enhance it as you said. So on your profile, obviously I noticed that you had a theory that I wanted to, or a concept, sorry, that I wanted you to elaborate on, which is um, behind your baggage, sorry, turn your baggage into luggage. Could you expand on that further? Yes, that is the name of my signature program is turning our baggage into luggage. And the thought behind it is, is along the way of life, when we have pains, disappointments, tragedies, Mm -hmm. you know, all kinds of things that we've endured, um, it piles up. And unless we really learn how to process that, we can make decisions from a place of pain, even when we're not in the pain anymore. We can make decisions based on different things. And so luggage is just a metaphor to say that I'm going to repackage it. 
I'm going to unpack it and then pack it back in a way that I can then begin to life I've always dreamed. Because when tragedy happens, it's part of us. It's not like I can separate from what happened. It's part of us. And then I have my own personal stories. If we want to go there in um, sharing what that meant for me and what some of the things I've learned. If you're comfortable with doing that, that'll be amazing. Yeah. Well, my first major pain point, um, I grew up in a blended family which meant that both of my parents had been married before and they came together and both of them had children from their previous marriage. So now we're a blended family. And this new um, dad, what became my daddy, because I really hadn't had one before. So that was a wonderful part of the marriage. But through that process, that was a bit of a struggle in figuring out how to fit together. But at the age of 14, I... Uh, became pregnant and it wasn't consensual. Um, And that meant at 15, I had a baby and the, we're going back quite a few years since I was 15. And so it wasn't uh, anywhere near acceptable in, in the society that I lived in. So there was a lot of uh, shame and embarrassment and hopelessness and fear and despair, anger, and all of those kind of emotions attached to that. To say that part of my life was hard, on the stage. There, there, it, it, it's, it's, there's no words. Um, I raised my little girl, so I, I finished high school before I was 17. I had a full-time job before I was 18 and I was in my own apartment by the time I, before I was 19. Right. So um, there was a lot of rough struggles. There were days that I fed her and didn't eat. Um, there was a lot um, I made, cause I worked full-time. I made $1 too much to get subsidy for food. Really? $1. Wow. $1. If I'd have quit work, they would have given me stuff, but I, that wasn't who I was. So through that process, learning how to turn things that, you know, baggage thinking is, is this isn't fair. This isn't right. This isn't just, this is wrong. Somebody needs to pay. All of those kind of feelings were attached to that time period in my life. And that's baggage. Because then you carry it around and you're never free from all of those negative, painful moments. But luggage thinking is, is I can't change it, but this is a part of me. So I am determined to find the gift in this and what I can use to become better and stronger and maybe even help others. Amazing. I I think I love the... I never myself thought that me saying, having the narrative of this isn't fair, they need to pay for this, I didn't ask for this, I never thought that that thought pattern could have been considered as baggage or as naive as it may sound, like negative, you know? Yes. In my head, I may be just venting or... Yes. Oh, when I did all that. Yes. <laughs> I did all of that. I'm, yeah. I totally did. And, and for a period of time, I think we need to vent, but we can't stay there is my point. Yeah. 
Yeah. And there are people who are still are still living there as far as um, not forgiving themselves, not forgiving other people and still uh, it's not just that it's then I'm making decisions based off of what I think my self-worth is or what I'm expect. I don't trust people. So I have trouble with relationships. I keep people at a distance. I put on a mask and pretend like I'm okay when I'm not okay. All of these kind of things are symptoms of having some type of tragedy or painful event happen. And I need to please people. I need to perform or either that I do the opposite and I shut down and I've got depression and anxiety and I hide. We all, we can all hide even by being busy overworking is hiding to a degree. Yeah. And so we do all kinds of activities that begin to change our behavior um, centered around protection. Right. And, and that's in his baggage as well. So that because then I'm not really living. Right. Because you right. can't really know me. Right. When I'm hiding and pretending, I you can't really know me. And therefore I'm not truly being me right. and not living. Remember, I said confidence and ease, which is the opposite of the way I felt. I felt hard and not confident. <laughs> right. You have to put that on to basically survive, like get through, yes. your mom, raise your daughter. But again, like I've never put everything that you just said, it, it makes sense to the theory of baggage. I never realized that keeping busy, I thought that's just something we did to, is a part of you know, baggage and also putting on a facade, um, again, as naive as that sounds, I suppose creating a facade, creating an e uh, alter ego or someone who, who you're not authentically or naturally is yes. a part of baggage. Um, so you've enlightened me, I didn't even know. <laughs> <laughs> I guess we've already touched on the next point was what inspired you to create this platform in terms of your own trauma, but was there anything else um, besides the trauma that you went through that made you think, do you know what, I am gonna create this platform and inspire and empower women to, like you say, unpack their baggage and turn it into luggage? Well, I, I, as it says in my bio, I have been coaching in different capacities for 20 years or more. You kind of quit counting after that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but uh, I, I, I was doing it when I founded nonprofit organizations, when I ran and when I volunteered at other nonprofit organizations, mentoring and discipling people, we just didn't call it coaching then. So it's been a part of what I've done for all of almost all my life to some degree where I was doing this. And so about 10 years ago, I had a moment where I thought I was gonna be doing one thing at a nonprofit organization to make a short story that fell apart. And so I took a, I took a year going, what am I supposed to do? There's this desire that I knew there was something more that I was supposed to do, but I didn't know how to get there. And I didn't even know coaching was a thing. 10 years ago. Right. Um, and so I'm like, I don't know how to do this and make income, you know, because I need to not, I, I'd given away my services for years, yeah. but I needed to be able to make income. So that's when I discovered through that year of self-reflection and what am I, you know, what do I do? Because there was just this heart's desire to uh, 
that was bigger than I could explain yeah. and articulate. Yeah. And um, so that's when I went to school and this start the, and, and this whole figuring out how to articulate who I'm really supposed to help took a while to be able to figure it out to, I was just like, I'm just supposed to help women. And I'm like, well, that doesn't tell them anything. And they don't, they don't yeah. understand what that means. Yeah. Uh, niches now, isn't there in terms yes, of. Yeah. There's so many different niches and for coaches and trying to describe uh, there isn't a woman that's going through anything who doesn't sit down with me and feel different afterwards. Um, and it doesn't matter. And realistically, I, the more difficult the situation, the more the transformation is. And I just love it. <laughs> I, can, I can definitely resonate with, with that, with what you're saying. Cause generally, I think you just generally have like kind of like a healing aura or just a way to where you can feel comfortable to sort of have a conversation when you were going through this journey I know you said you've done this your whole life but when you were going through this journey did you find yourself um unpacking your own baggage or like was it really hard to because I'm sure you meet hundreds and hundreds of women with stories you can relate to that, you know, go back to your past. Was that difficult or have you learned now a way to separate what your client's going through to what you've been through? I can definitely relate and understand. I don't know that this, when I think about my past, I have to really think about it to feel the emotions that I felt then because I, I, I can have processed the pain and the healing so that it's almost as if it was another person kind of not numbing, but as if, so yes, during that period of time, when I was volunteering, there was definitely work going on in me. And so, but that was a volunteer basis. That wasn't something I was doing full time. And that probably was mostly in my early thirties, I would say that that part happened. So no, I don't um, have a difficulty if, if women's story matches mine or is similar to mine, it doesn't, it, it doesn't make me relive it. It doesn't do anything other than I can really um, empathize. Um, And that when I say, I had a conversation right before you. And I said, when that happened, you felt this. And she's like, yes, Uh you know, and um, someone, it it is so important when we've gone through this for somebody to understand. Um, And so, um, and see things and I see it in a, in a, you know, a little bit different light and I'm able to help them see things they're missing and all of that. So it's my favorite thing. I can imagine. I can imagine. What is the number one common thing you would say within your career as a coach um, that women reach out to you about? If there is a common thing. Uh, One of the most common feelings is women feeling like they're not enough. Um, doesn't matter what, how, how hard they work, it's never quite enough, um, which stems from, uh, 
now feeling like low self-esteem, we could say it that way. You know, it, it stems from that. That's not necessarily what they ask me for, but that is that is a common yeah. feeling. Um, the common uh, emotion that is attached to that is being feeling like, um, you know, and the other thing is extremely frustrated with life is like, this is all there's ever going to be. Um, yeah. you know, it's like I, bad stuff just keeps happening. I'm just keep waiting for the other shoe to drop. And is this all there ever is going to be is just hard. Yeah. Um, and that feeling of being stuck and frustrated and even angry, yeah. um, all of those kind of things. It really is one of the most, I guess, hardest things to navigate through is that feeling of like, is life ever going to be different being stuck? Yeah. And then I guess one of the things that are really good about probably what you do is that you get to see the beginning process where they're feeling like that to the middle where you start to see the changes to the end where it, you know they're completely, absolutely yeah i can imagine that feels really good like after a, a, with a client that you've had for a while or something have you ever had a client that you felt needed not more coaching, but you felt that like really desperately needed a lot more tending to than your other clients or is it kind of like the same sort of process that each client goes through? Um, I have a basic foundation that everyone goes through. The process in which they go through it can vary depending upon the person. So it is, um, there is some personalization that happens even in my group coaching. Mm -hmm. And yes, there's people who have had more trauma and are in a harder, you know, more difficult place, but that doesn't mean, you know, so, and then I have had people that are in professional counseling while coaching. Yeah. And so, you know, I work in harmony with what they're doing. Um, if there's something more, uh, they feel like they need something more on a professional, professional level as well. So I work with women wherever they are, just because somebody had something really traumatic. It's hard to compare pain to pain. It's just pain. And someone who didn't, you know, have maybe that traumatic thing, but their pain, their, their pain is still real to them. And so it, it, I don't really do that much of a comparison. And I like that because I don't think there's enough emphasis in life when it comes to, I feel like people always want to measure people's pain. Like, oh, well, yeah. you you haven't been through this, so that wasn't yeah. as pain, you know, no, that's no. not how it works at all. And just in general, like the mind and the body is such a mysterious thing that you can go through. One person go, go through a trauma and they literally can navigate just about day to day and another person can go through trauma and literally create a complete alter ego and become someone completely different yep um i was actually watching a documentary of um a lady once a british lady and she's throughout growing up i've seen her on tv and she's addicted to plastic surgery she's had so much but she i kind of like as i got older i'm like there must be a backstory to this for her to keep wanting to change herself and then finally she opened up and was like you know, when I was young, I was violated and I didn't want to be that person anymore. So I just changed my name and changed who I was and completely changed my face. And now she's literally addicted to who she's, 
created. She doesn't even know who she really is, you know? So hence why I love the point that you made about pain being unmeasured because everybody yeah. deals with pain differently. What is the main thing that you want our listeners to take away from this interview? I would like them to know that they are amazing and that their past does not need to determine their future. It doesn't have to determine our future unless we let it. And so understanding that they were designed for greatness, that they are great and unique and wonderfully made. So many times we feel like our past equals my future. There's no hope. It's what it's been before, but it doesn't have to be unless you let it. So begin to take action. I am here and not and wherever you are in the world, I am available for us to talk or you can find someone else to do, but don't let your past determine your future because you are amazing. Amazing. I, I love that. And lastly, what, where can our listeners find you? I am on Facebook the most. So that would be the easiest place. And my name is unusual to spell and I'm sure it'll be in the show notes. Yes, so, so they can you, you look me up on Facebook and message me. And the other place is my website. And that is ivibrantliving.com. Again, ivibrantliving.com. There's a bunch of free resources there, as well as you can schedule a consultation with me that's absolutely free. Donna, thank you so much for joining the Mummy Warriors podcast today. It's been a pleasure having you here. All your details will be in the description of the podcast for our listeners to go ahead and check out your page. Thank you for listening in to this week's episode. Feel free to leave a comment, like, and share this episode. If you want a chance to be a guest on the show, all you have to do is send me a DM on my Instagram, which is at the Mummy Warriors. See you next week.